Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 466. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio, the show where we help entrepreneurs, business owners, and CEOs from around the world to skyrocket their sales and multiply their profits. I am your host, Kelly Roach. Now let's get down to business. So super excited to have you on the show today, Nick. We're really excited to learn everything that Saxby's has been up to and the way that you guys are revolutionizing what's happening in the world of coffee and how you're tying that in with next generation leadership. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Kelly. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So excited to have you. So I know there's some people that are maybe not local as I am, where Saxby's is everywhere here in the Philadelphia area. Um, but for those that uh, are not, you know, local, tell them a little bit more just about the history of Saxby's and what you guys are up to. Yeah. You know, the, the, uh, the, the brief sort of intro to that is, that um, yeah, I think like most entrepreneurial stories, you know, there's all kinds of like roller coaster moments to it. My roller coaster moment started literally when I decided to start my own business with no training, no capital, you know, really no familial connections to entrepreneurship. But I, I had this, I had this dream that I just couldn't shake that I wanted to love what I did every single day, and I wanted to be able to look back over what, what I, I hope would be a successful career where it made a, a big difference in a lot of people's lives. And, you know, my parents didn't get an opportunity to get an education. And so they pretty much at a young age took whatever job they could get. And many years later, they pretty much just stayed in those industries. Not, it's not what their heart is in. It doesn't allow them to make the difference that they wanted to be able to make. And as they always told me, they're like, do it differently. You know, make a difference the way that you want to do it. And then I don't have a lot of skills. But one thing that I truly feel like connects with me is that I'm a people person and I'm at my best when I'm doing things for other people. So when I decided I was going to start my own business, I knew it had to be a very people centric business. And that's why I chose coffee. You know, I chose coffee because as was the case 12 years ago when I started this business as it is today, there is no more inclusive business from a consumer or from an employment perspective than the coffee industry. Yeah. And what I mean by that is essentially that in Philadelphia, we'll serve 15,000 guests today. And And I'm proud and, and you know, fortunate to, to be able to do that with my team members. We'll serve millionaires and we'll serve uh, homeless people out of the same space. And we treat them both with the same amount of dignity and respect. And that's why I wanted to get in a business like this, where we could treat and take care of all walks of, of life. And the thing I didn't realize when I was young and dumb starting this business is that the same thing could be said for for career creation. And so sitting here in Philadelphia, I'm proud to say that we have PhDs working in this company who have been with me for many years and are building great careers. And we have people that we have hired out of the prison system. We have people that have dropped out of high school. We have people um, that are job reentry programs, um, formerly homeless, who have not just come here and found jobs, but they've been able to create amazing careers for themselves. And that's why I chose the coffee business. You know, And so I think if you look at businesses are, are sort of the three Ps. There has to be a purpose. Purpose leads to people, and then there's ultimately a product that you sell. So the purpose for Saxby's, our mission is to make life better. We see ourselves as a opportunity and education company. Uh, the people that we attract are 775 people now, um, of, of again all walks of life and backgrounds. And then the product side, obviously, is, is critically important. You know, and that's that's where a lot of our focus has been over the last several years is building out a roastery, having a modern cafe menu. Um, but when you can put together a, a purpose 
uh, that matters, bring together people who are culturally aligned and go out of their way every day to treat each other and treat their guests well. And you do it with a really innovative and very desirable and a very affordable menu. You put that together and I think it can build a pretty special business. And that's that's what we're doing now with taxpayers. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I think what's so interesting is that you guys are in the coffee business and yet it's so clear that you really are leading with the people, the community development, the leadership, um, all of that. And I don't think a lot of product-based companies have such a strong focus on like the value systems being integrated into the every way, everyday way that they're doing business. So I find that super, super interesting and almost like revolutionary because you don't see that very often. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, this is the kind of impact I wanted. I wish I had this clarity and this amount of vision 12 years ago. You know, I, I've, I, I'm the king of self-inflicted wounds. But um, <laughs> as we all know, I mean, those mistakes are great opportunities to learn. And if you don't have the, the humility or the gumption to, to you know, understand that you've made a mistake and pick yourself up and make good decisions from it, like entrepreneurship is a tough way to be able to build a career, but this is exactly the kind of hustle that I wanted to have. And this is exactly the kind of impact that I wanted to be able to make in this world. Like I think about my, my day today, I started at a, I'm on the board of the, the Chamber of Commerce in Philadelphia, which is the oldest um, Chamber of Commerce in America, 225 years old. And then I was in a meeting where um, there's a huge effort here in Philadelphia right now called the Philly Global Identity Project, which is we have a world-class city in Philadelphia that has a bit of an identity crisis. So they've brought together some leaders in Philadelphia to help sort of mold that identity for Philadelphia, not just in, not just in the city, in the region, but, but globally, because that's the kind of city that we have here. And for me to be invited to be on the board of the Chamber of Commerce and to be able to be um, giving my opinions or being um, helpful to the Philly Global Identity uh, Project was not because I'm a coffee guy. Yeah, you know, like that's that's not my, that's not much of anything. It's because we've built a culture here at Zaxby's, a culture that is for more than just me or more than just the owners of the business. We have a culture that's about taking care of people. We see ourselves as social entrepreneurs in the education and opportunity space, and, and I think that's why we get invited or have seats at those tables is because. We're for far more than just coffee or far more than just making money. And I think that that's the future of business. Yeah, no, absolutely. All the way. So you talked a little bit about vision and you also talked about, you know, have a team, did you say 775, some, something like that? Is that what yeah, you just said? Yeah, team members now, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when you were getting started, you know, how did, I'm sure your vision, I mean, I don't know, but I, I think at every stage of the way you're, you're looking five steps ahead, but you know, 775 deep is like, 35, 100 steps ahead, right? Like, what was your vision and how did you expand your vision and, you know, uh, work through the challenges and and each phase to get to the point where you have things lock and check to be able to support 775 people? Yeah, you know, I think that when, when I look back on it, I wish I was I wish I was as good a journaler then as I am today. Like I write my thoughts down a lot. Like I'm a pen to paper kind of person. I wish I could sort of like look back on a lot of those things. But I, I do remember that there, there was definitely a selfish motivation. Yeah, you know, first and foremost, I, there was definitely this like hardcore commitment that I was going to wake up every single day and not know or care if it was Tuesday or Sunday that my the the line between my life personally and professionally would be completely blurred. Because I, I think that when you can do that, when your work 
doesn't feel like work, you feel like you are like, this is your calling and this is what you're supposed to be doing, you'll, you will work tirelessly, but never tire because you're, you're doing your, your life's work. And so I know for me, I wanted to wake up every day and love what I did. And I have absolutely checked that box. The second thing I wanted to do is I wanted everybody else who represented whatever company it was that I was going to create was going to feel the same way. And when I look at like, you know, team member surveys, even when I read exit interviews, we, we interview everyone who exits actions for whatever reason. I'm amazed that these are people that are choosing to leave our company, but speak incredibly passionately about how much our culture has meant to them and how much they've loved being here. Like, I know I wanted to be able to do that. And then the third thing is, is that I want to build a successful business. I chose to go into the for-profit business space versus a nonprofit because I wanted to use our ultimate success to not just make the world a better place for other people, but to really truly become like a measuring stick or a quintessential people and profit business. Like that was my dream. My dream was to be able to do all three of those things. Love what I did, create a, a legion of people that work with me at Saxby's to be able to love what they did, and then to use our success to show that people plus profits um, equal what business should be. Like that was really what my dream is. And, and we're still, I mean, very much a work in progress, but I really like the progress that we're making. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's amazing. What, um, tell me a little bit about how you develop the ELP program. Well, first of all, why don't you just give a little bit of an overview for those that, you know, don't have the, the background on what it is. And then let's talk a little bit about how you brought that to life, where the idea sparked from and how it works today. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, our experiential learning program, or as we call it, the ELP program, debuted on April 13th, 2015. It's almost three years old now. Uh, it, it debuted here at Drexel, about, about 10 blocks to my back, to my west right now here in Philadelphia. Um, the I, What the program is essentially is it is partnerships with leading universities in which students design and then exclusively operate their own open to the public Saxby's for full credit, wages, bonuses, and what we like to say is sort of a invaluable amount of experience because they're literally running their own business. And so I was fortunate to be able to meet um, a gentleman who I was actually with this morning, John Fry, who's the innovative president here at Drexel. And I pitched him this idea that I, I believe that a busy coffee shop, a coffee shop that serves 500, 1,000, 1,500 guests a day, seven days a week, manages a large team, that's an incredible way to go learn how a business operates. It's actually, we call it the three pillars, team development, community leadership, financial management. That's what we teach our leaders, our young leaders to be able to master. Because if you could master those three pillars, those are the three same things. You might call them something different, but that's what it takes to be able to run a bank, to be able to run a nonprofit, to be able to run an insurance company. You've got to be able to manage people, matter in your community and have marketing plans, and then understand the financial, the financial performance behind those things. And I believe that a busy coffee shop is an amazing way to do it. And I think that we struck higher ed at the right time. You know, unlike when I was in school, when entrepreneurship was neither taught nor really supported, um, we're today, today, where I'm on the board of Community College of Philadelphia, everyone from CCP to Penn and everyone in between is teaching entrepreneurship. But the big missing ingredient is this thing, experiential learning. How do you take the things you learn in the classroom and then apply it into the real world for, for those that want to have leadership experience or, or be entrepreneurial. And I approached John Fry and I said, hey, John, I'd love the opportunity to, um, to allow your students to design their own Saxby's and then exclusively run it. Um, would you give them full credit to do it? And he said, Nick, I'd absolutely love to do it. So we opened that cafe three years ago. 
it's been an unbelievable success. Um, you know, it's, it, we've now had you know over a dozen student CEOs or cafe executive officers, is who we call the leader of each individual cafe. Um, they come into my my office here in Center City, Philadelphia, every month. They present their profit and loss statement. And they do it through the context of of those three pillars. So how they've developed team members, marketing plans that they're doing, and then they account for it by walking us through their profit and loss statement. It's been um, not just a phenomenal success because we've scaled that now to almost 12 other leading universities, um, but it's exactly the kind of difference that I wanted to make in this world. It's the kind of difference that the people who have joined this effort with me at Saxby's, that's why they came here, was to be able to make that kind of difference in people's lives. Because I think back, if I could have run a business when I was 21 years old, where 45 people reported to me, I had to manage vendor networks, marketing plans, and a million dollar profit and loss statement. I would have been so much more ready to not only know what I wanted to do, but be able to actually compete in the real world by the time I graduated than I was actually ready to do at that time. So that's really what our experiential learning program is. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And and I definitely see the disconnect. And I think that there's a million and one, you know, business programs out there. But, you know, I hire a lot of entry level grads for my own company, and I'm teaching them from the ground up. You cannot teach business in a classroom. It has to be experiential. And I think that you guys are filling a really important gap. And you're absolutely right. I mean, these kids are getting a huge competitive advantage in the market, having that experience that like no degree can compete with that. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, we think about like where where the global economy has gone right now. Like technology is taking over so many things that human beings used to do. And so it's placing an even greater premium and priority on the things that technology can't do. You know, it's what people like to call soft skills. Like it's actually, we call them power skills. So it's critical thinking, it's cultural agility, it's emotional intelligence. That's what human beings do and they need to be great at it. And guess what? Those are the hardest things to teach in the four walls of a classroom at a high school or a college. You get that in spades when you go and you run your own Saxby's when you're an undergrad. So being able to teach those power skills to young people, to be able to build the bridge, but to really be able to give them a a, a holistic um, education by the time they graduate, I'm just really proud of, of the work that we're doing there. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think hopefully for all the listeners, it opens up some creative thinking in terms of, you know, building your team and hiring and who you hire and how you hire. And also it just shows just how much potential that, you know, individuals have, no matter what the age or stage of life, when you empower them with tools and resources and training. And it's such a full circle, you know, opportunity for people to really revisit their their business from that standpoint. I also think that, you know, hopefully for everybody listening, you know, if you're a product-based business that you're really thinking about how the impact that you set out to make when you started your business, how you're able to pull that through. Because I think a lot of times people have a hard time if they run a product-based company, understanding how they can show up in the world and how they can do that really special work in the world that they want to, you know, through selling a product. And I think you've done a really nice job of, you know, connecting that end to end for people. Um, before we wrap up, I definitely would love to hear some of your like biggest learnings and some of your best pieces of advice for entrepreneurs that are, you know, in the stages of building their team and scaling maybe to that first million dollar mark, you know, that want to someday elevate to the level that you've been able to take Saxby's to. 
Yeah, you know, I think on, on along the exact same lines, Kelly, of, of the point that you were previously making, like the importance of culture. I mean, that was that was such a big missed opportunity for me when I was starting Zaxby's because I was just so like young and dumb and naive to what allowed a business to actually compete and thrive. Like I, in college, I studied government and economics, which which is not where you're going to learn how to be able to run a culture based business. And so like that's my mistake. Um, and it's, it's, it's ironic too, because like I wanted to build a business that I would love and be proud of and that other people would want to support and work for. And so it's ironic that I actually wanted to build a culture driven business, but didn't actually know how important that was. I thought you had to like sell a lot of widgets and then reinvest the profits from those widgets to build a company culture. I didn't realize that I had that completely backwards, that culture drives performance and you know, it took me six years into Saxby before I actually defined my mission, my mission statement to make life better, my six core values, and really steadfastly committed to only hiring people that were going to be both culture fits and, and, and people that would spread and stretch our culture. And so I was lucky to survive that mistake, but I started this business without a culture. And so I am sort of a pain in the butt to young entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs really of any of any age. I'm a you know, an executive residence at Temple, entrepreneur residence at Cornell, adjunct professor at Drexel. Like, I love being in the classroom with entrepreneurs so that I can tell them about all the mistakes that I made because those things are overcomable, especially if you don't make them in the first place. So in higher ed, we teach how to write a business plan, how to raise capital, how to write a SWOT analysis, partnership. We, we teach those things pretty well in the classroom. We still do not teach the importance of building a company culture at the outside of your business. So my strongest encouragement to entrepreneurs is if you, if the culture that you're going to define, like the why, why does your business exist? The mission of what you're going to do. If you can't A, define it and B, it doesn't make your heart race, pick something else. Entrepreneurship, as you know, Kelly, is too hard. If you wake up every day and you have to like kick yourself in the butt to want to do it, or you don't feel aligned to the mission where there isn't one, you're not going to stay in business. Like there's just too much competition out there. You're just not going to be able to compete. And on the flip side, if you can commit to it and it makes your heart race and you can attract one, 20, 2,000 people that make your culture even better than what you, what you uh, created it to be, you can compete with anybody. You can compete with anybody because culture, as Peter Drucker famously said, culture eats strategy for breakfast. The company that have great culture can withstand a product issue or can withstand more competition coming in. And if you just want to compete on product, you might you might win out of the gates, but I guarantee you're not going to win the marathon. And I wanted to build a, mar- a business that was going to win the marathon. And that's why culture, I think, is just so critically important to any successful business. Ah, you're speaking my language. I couldn't agree more. We have that conversation so often. And I think there's such a mentality that, you know, when you're getting started culture and team building and and these kind of inside things are not quite um, that either you're not ready or they're not important, but really they're everything, right? Because that's what drives growth and takes you from being, you know, a startup baby business into an established sustainable company and an organization that can make a big impact on the world. So awesome stuff here today. Thank you so, so much for everything that you shared. For people listening today that want to check out Saxby's and all the amazing work that you're doing, Nick, and see if there's one in their local area, where do you want them to head over to? Yeah, I, obviously, first and foremost, I'd say go to saxbyscoffee.com, our website. So S-A-X-B-Y-S coffee, so C-O-F-F-E-E.com. But I think for a little bit more sort of like behind the scenes look at what we're doing at Saxby's, I, I try to be very active on social media. Um, we're a very transparent business. And so 
hit me up on LinkedIn. So Nick, N-I-C-K, Bayer, B-A-Y-E-R, or Instagram, which is Nick Bayer 6 um, on Instagram. Like I really try to to sort of show the inside of what, what it's like to be an entrepreneur and what it's like more important than to be a social entrepreneur. So, um, and if I could do anything to help any of, of your listeners, I look forward to connecting. Awesome. Well, we're so excited that we could have you here today on Unstoppable Success Radio. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Kelly. You're welcome. To all of our listeners, pick one thing that you heard today and take action right away. Check out Nick and all the awesome work that they're doing at Saxby's. Connect with him on Instagram. Hold on. One more thing before you go. As a valued listener of Unstoppable Success Radio, I want to help you build your business, not just during the times that you're listening to the show, but all day, every day, every week of the year. I have a new Facebook group called The Tribe of Unstoppables, and it's a place for you to come gather with other successful, driven, passionate entrepreneurs, creating financial freedom for their families, and building a life and legacy of impact and significance. If you want to be a part of the community where you can network, get leads, gain referrals, build your business, and get unbelievable free trainings from myself and my team, go to kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash community. That's kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash community. Or you can just pop into Facebook and search Tribe of Unstoppables. Drop me a note and let me know when you join. Can't wait to see you there.